Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Featured in this episode, you'll hear Melissa Marsh and Chris Hallis recap their session at our 2018 Singapore Summit. My name is Chris Hallis. I'm here at Cornet APAC in lovely Singapore. And with me is Melissa Marsh, co-founder of Plastark. And we're going to talk a little bit about the session uh, we were just in together um, this morning on the first day of the conference. So, Melissa, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. And it's great to be here in uh, sunny Singapore. Uh, I've got a couple roles in addition to having uh, three lovely children. I, as you mentioned, uh, founded Plastark, which is social research and people analytics for the built environment. So really getting to the bottom of uh, human factors and and what really matters to people, particularly at the architectural scale. Uh, We've got a good history of of having uh, social research at the product design scale, as, as you know, and at the urban design scale, where often you need to collect input from people, uh, but somehow it's missing in, in architecture, and so that's the basis of our work. Uh, and then we also do a fair amount of work with uh, Savile Studley in the U.S., Savile's here uh, in Singapore, and they're a tenant representation organization, and because they focus on tenant rep, uh, that gives us a chance to think about that, that human factor, that occupant experience within real estate environments. Great. Um, so we just presented here. Uh, we had a great, great session, very well attended. What, uh, looking back, what do you hope are some of the takeaways that people might uh, walk away with? Thanks. Yeah, the um, the morning session, the the keynote uh, really spoke about uh, artificial intelligence, and I often say that the issue is uh, that we need intelligence before we can get to artificial intelligence, and that's really the basis of, of the work that both of uh, us do, which is making sure that we are able to collect really a, a completely new set uh, of data about how uh, people are experience wor- experiencing workplace. So I think the importance of that data and information uh, is is job one and um, maybe where there's more data it's more important to have a a strong hypothesis or to know what your questions are or what you're looking for Um, and then I think the other uh, important takeaway is really there's tons of opportunity we're really um, at the beginning of a moment uh, in time uh, that gives us uh, gives us uh, a view of the future Um, they sometimes say that when you've uh, when you've heard about a new technology coming and it ju- it doesn't come and it doesn't come and it doesn't come, you kind of lose hope that it's it's actually going to come. Um, and so we've been talking about uh, intelligent buildings in the in the architectural and design profession for probably for 20 years, pretty actively. Uh, and I think that we're really at a moment in time where those buildings are getting smart. Uh, the work that both of us do is is based on the idea that smart buildings are social buildings, um, both from a people's perspective and then also from a social media or mobile media perspective so um, the future is here Um, riffing off that uh, you mentioned uh, and I I completely agree that buildings should be seen as you know through the eyes of the occupants and it's a it's a it's a social it's a social construct and that makes me think of culture and we're here at the APAC summit Uh, what what are some questions you ask when you're thinking about localization or the kind of the 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 cultural context of, of the work you do Right, so there's maybe uh, two or three pieces of that, but but firstly, 
uh, we're humans in any location. So when we're focused on uh, wellness, sustainability, uh, these things are, are really um, uh, scientific or, or biological in nature. Um, and so uh, we, can, we can focus on the human, that the things that we need as human beings anywhere uh, in the world. Um, there's also lots of conversation to be had in terms of the relationship between um, organizational culture and, and local culture, local geography. So how uh, are the workplace or real estate strategies of the companies that are here uh, at Cornet, um, how are those varying by different geography? And is it, you know, the, the local culture uh, rules or the corporate culture rules? And, and how do you get the best of both worlds? Uh, and then finally, being in Singapore is just a, a pretty particularly exciting location, um, really a country built on technology. Um, and we've uh, been doing some work recently uh, with Singtel, uh, the national carrier of Singapore and a, and a big and important brand. Um, and really, you know, they're a, they're a preeminent uh, organization that is just uh, one, one step ahead of the curve in, in terms of smart cities, mobile technology. Um, and so I think that both uh, from a technology front and technology being front and center in the culture uh, here is a particularly exciting place to be having this conversation. Fantastic. Switching uh, gears a little bit to talk about you know, some of what happens when you have new interactions and new um, you know, platforms for people to give their feedback to the building. Um, we talked yesterday about comfort zone. Tell me a little bit about what kind of your thoughts are around what, what, what that uh, kind of conversation was about. So I think that the work that you do at Comfy is, is pretty exciting because it's, it's operating on a couple of different principles simultaneously from a people perspective. Um, one is that giving people greater control builds in uh, greater flexibility uh, within them. So when people feel that they have control, more control over the environment, um, they're actually they're more flexible, they're more accommodating, um, they're they're happier, uh, more satisfied. So some so sometimes we we might think that those uh, classic hot and cold calls of a facility management environment um, are just grumpy people. Um, and the more grumpy you are, the more you're going to complain about any of the things that might constrain uh, your ability to do your work and, and that temperature just becomes something that's kind of a, a hot spot, so to speak, in that, in that topic area. Um, but I think the, the real opportunity is that through uh, the Comfy app or a variety of technologies that are allowing people to use their mobile device to have direct uh, impact, uh, whether it's room booking, lighting adjustability, connecting with friends uh, in the workplace. Um, you, you mentioned the Uber or Lyft uh, reference when we were um, talking, and it's not just you when we were, we were speaking in our presentation. Um, the you know, some of the basis of that user interface is that you're not just, uh, you know, ordering a tag, ordering a cab and, and wait and hope, uh, but you're able to track it as it moves tor towards you. You can see if it's making a, a U-turn, you, you might curse it uh, for, for not for, for, for missing that turn, um, but you're engaged and, and you see the systems working for you. Um, and, and HVAC, particularly in buildings, hasn't been something that people could see or understand how it was working for them, even though since it delivers oxygen and fresh air, it's probably one of the most important systems in the building. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's, that's really uh, the, the point or the opportunity here is that we're not just looking at the sustainability benefit of 
making people more flexible about the environment that they're willing to accept or be comfortable in. Um, we're also engaging them in a completely new way that helps them both uh, work better, be higher performance, uh, and, uh, and more engaged with their buildings, see how the buildings are working for them. Well put. Um, so I understand you focus on both the occupant experience and the change management, which, which we I know we both agree is often overlooked. But um, what do you what do you see when you work on projects as kind of missing from most existing deployments, or when people have made their plan and you kind of come in and give them some advice? Yeah, so job one, uh, whether we're talking about uh, workplace or technology or environment or, or pretty much anything, is that you need to build a product that people want. Um, and uh, if it's not something that people want, you're, you're really, at the end of the day, wasting your time time trying to convince them to use it. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, as we were presenting, it, it's that's particularly volatile in the mobile or software world where if you mess up a couple times, they're not going to download it again, they're not going to try again, you've kind of lo lost your shot at it. Um, so I think the first thing is just to make sure that you've, you've built something that people want and that by using it, they're getting some benefit uh, out of it, that it's not just a, a tracking device that's going to help the operational organization and it's it's not of a user benefit there. Um, I think the next, uh, from a change management perspective, is it's not just the uh, user or employee that needs to change uh, or have some changes in order for uh, these kinds of initiatives to work. Um, there's also change that needs to happen at the operator level in terms of HR, IT, real estate, facilities management. In order to deploy or implement one of these systems, we actually need the, the service organizations within the company to be working differently together. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's something that we could, we could all work on a little bit. Um, and then finally, I would say that there's, there's not enough um, from technology companies like yourselves, uh, or though, though you do it better than most, um, I think there's not really enough full cycle user experience um, design. So you're thinking about the app, uh, you're thinking about the user experience of the person um, that, that's, that's using uh, Comfy, uh, and I think that's certainly very well done, but the entire effort from uh, you know, uh, a, a real estate professional learning about your product, bringing it back to their company, trying to sell it to HR, IT, um, figuring out what pieces they need to have work together, uh, doing a, an install or a demo, and really every single step launching it uh, with the population, how to communicate that, who those communications uh, should come from. There's just a lot that needs to happen to, to pull that um, together, and so I think a little bit more effort um, in in the future, and I'm I'm hoping that it's maybe something that we uh, have a chance to work on together. But to think about about that whole deployment, um, maybe even at the back end, uh, insights and interpretation of data, and what to do what to do with it, or what to do about it uh, after after it's out there in the world. No, I think you're you make a great point. Um, so. I'd be interested, just, just to close on, on kind of a forward-looking question, I'd be interested in your perspective on kind of what are the challenges that you think people are tackling as we speak? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some examples. Do you feel like people are getting around this kind of, you know, getting HR, real estate, and IT together in a room and setting joint goals? Is it around the switch from 
a cost-based focus in real estate to a value-based focus? Where, where do you think the, the, the kind of people you work with are and, and what, what's next for the kind of, if you look forward, just a year? Yeah, so um, we, we spoke with Mary Curtis of HP on our panel, and I think that was a, a great opportunity to see a lot of this, both from the sustainability and, and cost and finance perspective. Um, and you mentioned the, the HR, IT, real estate facilities intersection. Um, I think to some extent, increasingly, we need to make a business case that has a cost benefit from every perspective. You know, it, it maybe used to be that we could make a business case that was a real estate business case and sell it to other parts of the organization or make an HR business case. Um, and now I think that we're, we're in a, uh, an era of having to really uh, unite the objectives and the direction so that every um, project that we endeavor to, to execute on um, has has each of those, has a real estate business case, has a HR business case, has an IT business case, um, and finding new ways to align that. Um, I think the other uh, piece in terms of looking at the future, what's next, is, is what I opened on, um, which is just that there's such uh, an exciting moment and, and great opportunity with this with these data um, to be able to make buildings more responsive um, and and more people-centric. So I think that's the, that's the desirable other future condition. Melissa, thank you so much for a great session and uh, spending the last few minutes with me. Uh, hope to work for you, with you uh, lots in the future in this coming year and have a great time in Singapore. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view you'd like to share? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast to learn more.